0: You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. I I had a boss one time who told me this. He said, man, he said, Jim, you're such a great multitasker. And I was like, wow, all right, boss, thank you. And, and he goes, it's not really a compliment. And I was like, What are you What are you talking about? He said, Man, you're you're really good at wasting time, being unproductive, and procrastinating all at once. So I was the expert in that area, but it wasn't a good expert. Amen. And so. Listen, I want to talk to you guys today. I got seven points I want to go over, and I'm going to spew this out as quick as possible. Um, But what I want to do is I want to talk about the seven rules to live by. You know, we're all in this room right now, right? Taking up space and taking up air, and all over the world, people are doing that. But not everybody's living. Some people are just existing. Some people are just going through the motions, or not going through the motions, and they're just taking up space. And so, you know, I looked up, I like, to, I like to look up definitions, guys. And so, I looked up this word. I looked up the word fail. Now, we all know what that means, right? Check this out, though. It says, the first part, it says, to be unsuccessful in achieving one's goals. Right? That's kind of what we all think, right? We try to do something, and it doesn't work. And and we fail because of that, right? Here's the second one. The second one is this. Neglect to do something. So, being a failure and attempting to do something doesn't make you a failure, as long as you learn from mistakes that you go through. Right? But so many of us are afraid to attempt anything because we're afraid to fail, and then we can never learn anything, and then we get stuck in a rut, and we never move ahead with our life, make sense, I refuse to do that, I absolutely, totally refuse to do that, I'm going to share some stuff, I'll get to my points in a minute. You know, for some of you guys, you know, some of you guys know my my testimony a little bit, but uh, in uh, 2021 and at the end of August, my wife died, okay? And then in November, the beginning of November, my youngest brother died. And then at the end of December, my mother-in-law died. And, you know, I've had people, a lot of you people that I see here or even on Facebook, and you said, man, Big Jim, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you continue to move forward and keep living your life. And, guys, listen, I don't say those things because I want you to be sad for me. Amen? I'm an overcomer in Jesus' name. So I said this because I want you to hear this. My circumstances of my life don't define who I am. God defines who I am. But so many of us get to a point in our life where things just seem so difficult. It feels like we're knocking our head against the wall and it's just like, what's the use? Why? Why even do this? And you know, that's when we get to a point where we're afraid to fail. I'm 60 years old. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm still dreaming. God's placed a dream in my heart, and I know. The book of Job, that's what I was going to teach on initially tonight. And uh, I did, I told Pastor Sean, I did did that message, and I was like, no, that's not it. I did another message about dreaming, and I was like, no, that's not it. So I came to this one, and God was like, okay, that's it. And I was like, okay. But in the book of Job, go back and read it. Man, Job went through a bunch of stuff, guys. But here's the one thing he never did. He never cursed God. Even when his wife tried to get him to curse God, his friends tried to get him to curse God, he absolutely refused to curse God. Now, did he question God? Yes. Did I question God? Absolutely. But here's the promise I'm holding on to in Job. At the end of Job, you can go back and read it. And basically, here's what it says. A lot of cool stuff. But it says this. It says that the second half of his life was greater than the first. That's the promise I'm holding on to. So guys, listen. I don't care where you're at right now in your life. Listen to me. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. Finish strong. Take chances. Now, take educated chances. I mean, don't... Well, I've always wanted to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge Hmm. without a bungee cord or a parachute. Let me help you out if you ever had that thought. This is what it's going to sound like. (laughs) And you know what they're going to call you? Bob. Because you'll be bobbing in the water for sure. You'll be out of there. So take an educated guess. I mean, don't do anything crazy. And you know, we should all, before we take chances in our life, we should always pray and get direction from God, right? Okay. That's not even part of my service. Here we go. Here we go. That's, that was the appetizer. Appetizer. Okay, listen. <laughs> Some people like appetizers. I do too. When I go to eat with Pastor Brett, sometimes I'm past my main course and he's still dealing with his appetizers. He enjoys his food. Okay, seven rules to live by. If you're taking notes, this is number one. And, it, and it, it's just let it go. Let it go. How many of us hold on to stuff? I mean, we all do, right? We have to push through it. I, I, literally, I ministered to a lady one time. I am not even joking. She was in her 70s, and she was a bitter old woman. You guys know who I'm talking about? <laughs> all of us have some of those ladies that maybe live in our block, and we're like, man, what is her? Still, She was bitter. I kid you not. I said, what's the matter with you? What, you know, why all the bitterness, you know? And she says this, she goes, I'm offended with another woman in our church. And I was like, okay, who, what? Let's get, let's, let's call her in. Let's move past it. And she's like, I cannot do that. And I was like, well, there's part of the problem right there. But I said, well, so what happened? I'm thinking something happened in church that we probably need to address somehow. She said, back in the second grade, she took my boyfriend. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Do you even remember his name? Well, no, but that's, no, it's not beside the point. What is the matter with you? That's crazy. It's crazy, But you, you just don't know how many times we hear stuff like that. Forgiveness, guys, to let it go means to forgive, right? Um, in in, uh, In wedding ceremonies, when we do it, it says, and I forgive you as we have been forgiven. So Jesus forgives us, but why do we hold on to unforgiveness? We should forgive too. Now, Forgiving and forgetting is a totally different ballgame. Like if somebody does me wrong, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm not going to let them do that the second time. That's the difference in the two. And so we can forgive but not forget. And until you forgive something in your past, listen, you can't live. If you you can't move on from your past, if you can't forgive people from your past, you cannot live in your future or you're you're now, the present day, you can't because you're stuck in the past, which means you will never, ever, 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 ever live in the future that God has planned for you. Just will not happen. It absolutely positively won't happen because you're stuck in the second grade. It's, I know, it's silly, right? But it's the truth. It's crazy, it's crazy, crazy, crazy how people can allow situations and circumstances of their life to keep them stuck where they were. It says this in Hebrews 9.22. It says, in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. We already know as Christian people, and if you don't know, here's a heavy revy for you. Jesus died and bled. For your sins. So they're forgiven. And so if he did that for you, as sorry as we all have been in our lives, why can't you do it for somebody else? And if you don't, you're not going to move on with your life. You're going to be stuck in the second grade. Here we go. Don't get stuck in the second grade. (laughs) Number two, ignore them. So when when you're around other people and they try to give you ungodly counsel, ignore them. Man, you know what? We're teaching a series right now at uh, at the in the kids' church, and it's called "No Ifs, Buts, or Maybes." And here's what that means: It means that the way the world is spewing all the things they're spewing into our life, and people believe it, and they're spewing it too that if we start to agree with it, here's what happens. Well, you know what? Jesus is the only way. Well, maybe. But if. But. Keep your butt out of it. (laughs) Right? That's, That's the problem. We don't know God's truth. You can write this scripture down. It's John 17, 17. But if we know the truth, that's what we act on. It's not because I have an opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what God, God says. It's not even his opinion. It's what he says. That's the truth. And that's how we should operate. And not be rude to people or anything like that. And if they come at us, just say, I'm sorry. That's the truth. You got a problem? Take it up with God in his word. Amen? So don't allow yourself to be polluted by other people's counsel. Romans 12.2 says that we shouldn't allow the world right? To change the way we think. We should, we should change the way we think by renewing our minds to God's word. Okay? That's how we know what the truth is and that's how we know to say what is true and what is not. Give it time. How many of you guys have ever been in a situation where you're like, golly, I'm really trying but man, this does not work. Oh my gosh. Time after time. Uh, we define we this word, patience, is by, by that, right? That's what patience is. Patience, uh, this is the way we teach it in children's church and all the people that, that serve with me. Pastor Brett, what's patience? Waiting with, Waiting with a good attitude. How many of us have to be patient and we have a sorry attitude about it? Man, our kids are a great example. Hey, we'll do that. Just chill out, we'll do it gosh, we never get to do it. What? Wait with the good, and, and, and what do we tell them? If you have a sorry attitude like that, we ain't gonna do that. Patience is waiting with, with a good attitude. And listen to this, guys. Time heals all things. And you know what? I, I shared a little bit about my life, what's going on. And guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm ready to move on. I love my wife. I'll always love her. But I'm 60 years old, and I know that God has more for me. And so because I know that, sometimes I get a little impatient. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do something. I'm ready for the second part of my life being greater than the first. I'm ready. But... God's got a sense of humor, and uh, he always he always helps me get my attitude correct with all that. The Bible tells us this in Hebrews 10. It says that we, should, we need to have patient endurance. So patience is waiting with a good attitude. Endurance, sometimes I think We don't get that patient endurance thing. Yeah, it's waiting with a good attitude, but endurance is defined by getting through a trial without compromising or wavering. It's an active word, right? So we're patiently enduring and going through the process. That's why sometimes God doesn't give us when we want when we want it because we haven't gone through the process and then when we get it, we're gonna screw it up again. So he's trying to take us through a process so that when we get there, it will be good and not bad. Not only only to make your life good, but so you don't sorry up somebody else's life. Patient endurance is what we need to have. Patient endurance. Number five. No, sorry. Number four. Don't compare. How How many of us... Look at other people, and we're like, man, they got it together. When people would tell me, man, Big Jim, I don't know how you do it, you got it all together. And I'm like, I'm like saying this, man, I'm glad that's time coming off to you because it's encouraging them. But on the inside of me, there is a storm raging because I'm trying to figure it all out. Keyword, I am trying to figure it all out. When really what I need to do is say, God, help me figure this out. Holy Spirit, show me how I need to think and what I need to do. And guys, it's amazing that when you, when you stop and you start doing that, God will start opening doors in your life and shutting those other doors that you thought were the doors you were tr- and you were trying to kick them down. But he'll shut them down and those other doors he opens up, it's like, wow, this is so peaceful. Duh, Big Jim, why didn't I do this before? Hello? McFly? You guys ever done that? You're just like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And it's just like, all right, God's just like, well, do what you're gonna do. When you're ready, come back and see me. Don't compare yourself to others because you know what? God created one you. Period. You can look at your kids sometimes. And your kid may be your spitting image and not act a thing like you. Or act exactly like you, and you're like, golly, why do you act like that? You're being so dumb. And God's like, hello. You see what I'm going through right now? God's got a sense of humor when it comes to stuff like that. Number five, stay calm. It's okay not to have everything figured out. You will know in the right time. But we just keep seeking God. And we stay patient. And we keep a good attitude. And we listen to his voice. And he'll He'll tell you what you want to know. He'll tell you what you need to know. And he'll only give you as much as you need to know to take that next step. He's not going to overwhelm you with the big picture. Because most of us would freak out if we saw the big picture thing. I you know what guys, I've been doing this for 27 years. But when I started here, Miss Stella was still here. And you can ask her if you don't believe me. I did not know a thing. It was the school of hard knocks. And so, and and you know what? And people would say, Hey, what are you doing now? And I'd say, I'm I'm a pastor. And they're like, You're a what? And I said, I know, crazy, right? Um, And so, but man, God does crazy things, right? Gideon was shivering and hiding and scared in, in basically a cave. And God wanted him to go out and lead the army against the enemy. God does some pretty crazy things, man. Crazy cool though, but if he calls you, he'll equip you. If he calls you, he'll equip you. But if he calls you and you don't step, then he'll call somebody else to step. So, here's another t-shirt idea. Get to stepping. Stop sitting on your booty. Don't, Don't sit. If God's calling you, get out of the boat and walk. Only one person got out of the boat to walk. Did he fail? No, he didn't complete the task fully, but he didn't fail because he got out. He trusted God. All right. Mark uh, 4, 39 and 41 was the scripture in there. For time's sake, I'm I'm not going to go there right now. Please write it down. Number six, it's on you. Here we go. Let me help you guys. You guys ready for some help? Only you are in charge of your happiness. The person next to you, not in charge of your happiness. Your children are not in charge of your happiness. Your boss is not in charge of your happiness. Nobody is in charge of your happiness but you and God. And where we get so messed up is we think that we're going to find happiness in a thing or a person or a situation. And it's absolutely positively not the case. Positively not the case. The only happiness that you'll find in your life you're in charge of. So if you're miserable, it's your fault. Well, man, they were treating me like this. Uh Uh-uh. It's your fault. If you know they're treating you like that, get away or get some help. Right? It's your fault. Nobody else. It's not God's fault either. Because if God could tell you, and he would, he'd say, I told you not to do that. No, no, God. Yeah, I told you so. Do any of us like to hear that word? I told you so. <laughs> Philippians 4.4 4 and uh, Psalms 16.11. Now, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one because this is very important to me. Number seven is easy. Easy. Smile. Smile. I do this in children's church sometimes because I get kids coming in there and they hadn't, eat, they hadn't eaten. They had to get up early, blah, 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 blah. And so if I'm standing up there and I see a bunch of grouchy kids, I'm saying, Everybody look at me right now. Everybody looking? Here we go. See, some of you guys fight that off. You're like, I ain't smiling. Now, when they do that to me, I'm like, Oh, yeah, you were. And I would get right in their face, and then they would crack. (laughs) Smile at somebody. Hey, it's all right. It's not going to break your face. (laughs) Big Jim, I'm having a horrible day. Smile. It make make you feel better. Smile. So easy, man. These are so easy things. I am a children's pastor. I deal with easiness. I like easy, by the way. Does anybody else in here like easy? Listen, life is too short, enjoy it. But if you're too wor- worried about failing, you'll never enjoy it. You know, my, one of my younger brothers um, just fulfilled one of his bucket list things. He's been a runner since I've known him. And he's done Ironman stuff and he's done triathlete stuff and, and all kinds of things. Well, he ran in the Boston Marathon this year. And he's 58 years old, and he ran the Boston Marathon, except on part, if some of you guys are, are aware of the Boston Marathon at all. There's a place called Heart, Heartbreak Hill, or Heartache Hill. He did not run up that. He walked up to save his legs. And he ran that in four hours and 10 minutes at 58 years old. Now, I'm his older brother, and I'm like, well, crap. One, I'm not running like that. I get tired driving 26 miles. I'm ready for a break, right? But you know what? One thing I've always wanted to do, I had a dream in my heart. I had a dream in my heart, guys, to pitch in the Major League Baseball League. And I tried out with the Cincinnati Reds after my freshman year of college, and then with life's decisions and stupid decisions I made, I got away from it. But after he did that, it kind of checked me, and so uh, my plan is: so be praying with me, is that next spring when it comes around, I am my favorite team's the Los Angeles Angels. I'm gonna go to a fantasy camp, wear that uniform, and pitch on that mound. But Big Jim, you're 60. Uh man, the competitive stuff was right here. Oh, man, you know what? My competitive stuff is still out. I was with my grand grandkids and some of the other team. and We were throwing axes, and I was hitting some bullseyes, and I let them know. I flexed on them and yelled. Uh, my competitive juice, and my grandson's like, Gramps, I never heard you yell like that. I said, you never seen the competitive side of me, man. That was just the tip of the iceberg right there. Life is too short. Enjoy it while you have it. Nothing's promised to you. That day my wife died, none of us expected it. The day my brother died coaching in the state championship and fell flat on his face dead at halftime. Nobody expected that. So while you have life, while you have air in you, do, live. Don't sit back and be afraid to fail. Take some some opportunities to step out, but not with some wisdom involved with it. Not just step out. You know, one of the things I did, Pastor Sean and Pastor Brett kind of talked me into, is I learned how to ride a motorcycle when I was 58 years old. 59 years old. I didn't need much pushing. The bike was beautiful. But I learned how to ride. I, I rode a dirt bike on, on, on the dirt, which is a totally different animal, when I was 14. But I learned. And I only put my bike down a couple times in the parking lot. Man, those things, when they want to go, you just got to be like, tell Pastor Brett. he's had some some issues (laughs) Proverbs 18.24 you know what I'm going to go to that one we have a little bit of time I'm going to go to that one real quick Proverbs 18.24 listen a man who has friends must himself be friendly but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother so if you ain't got no friends, whose fault is it? Your fault. Just like I said a minute ago. If you want to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. My kids used to tell me all the time when they'd go to the store with me, Dad, please, 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 please don't talk to anybody. I said I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't do it. Now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back and mellow. But when I get out in my element a little bit, I can get out there a little bit. Obviously, you guys see all the yellow I'm wearing tonight. And I look good. Even on my shoes. But let me share this. Let me share this before, before we, we pray. Be intentional with your life. So, so many of us just kind of go through the motions, guys. And, and you just don't know when that time is. I didn't get to tell my wife I loved her before she passed away. I didn't get to kiss her. She was in the hospital for three days, and I didn't get to see her until it was already that time. And so when you, when you live in that reality, which some of us have lived in that reality with other people in our lives, um, you start having regrets you start having regrets in your life, like little things, like, you know, a lot of times I hear this, well, she knows I love her. Tell her you love her. Amen. You don't know when that's going to be. That may be the last time. Be intentional with the time you have with the people that are right in front of you. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to say the word I usually use for this, but it ticks me off when I see people taking each other for granted, especially spouses and especially parents with their children. It ticks me off because you don't know what you got and you won't know till it's gone. I am trying to spare you some heartache. Be intentional with those around you. I'm intentional. When I meet with somebody in my office, I'm intentional with them. It's right here. When you're there in front of people, act like you want to be there. Fake a smile. Say hi, even if you don't mean it. Force yourself to do those things. Because I guarantee you this, movie reference for somebody who might get it, Jesus hates ugly. He doesn't like it. So, if, listen, if God's in your life, If the Holy Spirit is inside you, you got everything you need right there. Let it go. Let it out. Be kind to one another. God bless you. Be kind to one another. Tell each other. Man, even with the people that I work with, I tell them I love them when I get off the phone. Do I not, Pastor Brett? I do. I do love him. I love you, man. You know, I love Pastor Sean like that, too. I love all of you guys. Even if I don't know you, I love you. I love you, too. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Sowing and reaping. You sow love into somebody, you'll receive love back. Now, listen to this. This is my last point, and then I'm gonna pray with you guys. And guys, listen, if you miss some of that, some of the scriptures I didn't get to, please just DM me or something. I'm on social media. DM me or something and I'll give you the scriptures, okay? Hey, I can roll like that. I can flow. I can flow. I can read a text. I cannot read a mind. Another t-shirt for you. Okay, just like this one. I told you all I was a hope dealer. Now everybody can see it when I walk around. Uh, Listen to this. Life starts with Jesus. Before that, you're just existing. You're taking up space. Life starts with Jesus. Now, eternal life starts with Jesus too. Life starts with Jesus. Life here, but eternal life starts with Jesus for what he did for us when we we go to heaven. That's why, that's where my hope is. I'm going to see my wife again. I'm going to see my brother again. I'm going to see my mother-in-law again. Why? Because that's where my hope is. And that's where everybody's hope should be. But here's what I want to tell you right now. In fact, if everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes right now, I'd appreciate it. I want you to examine your own lives right now. And if you're feeling hopeless, the Bible says that Jesus came and brought hope to the hopeless. He came to set the captives free. So if you truly want to live your life, like we talked about. Now, I know these aren't all the points, but these are seven good points to start with. If you want to live your life, it starts with having a relationship with Jesus. Not only here, but in the life that's to come, which is more important. But God wants us to live here. He doesn't want us to just go through the motions and exist. Because when we do that, then we're not able to fully help those that he has plans for. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that I know the plans for you, says the Lord. And they are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And when you operate in what God's got for you, it helps somebody else. And then that helps somebody else. And then that helps somebody else. And before you know it, we're doing what God asked us to do. You know, I call people rock stars. And here's the reason why. Because I am a Christian man, and my foundation is established on the rock, on Jesus. It's established there. But it also tells me this in Daniel. In the book of Daniel, it says that what I do, what I'm doing right now, whether it's in a congregation Like this, or whether it's one-on-one, or maybe it's even my actions, that the Bible says I will shine like the stars in the sky. Therefore, I am a rock star. And if you do the same thing, that's how God's going to see you. He's going to see you as a rock star. Not one that's here today and gone tomorrow, but for all eternity. So here's what I want to do right now. You know where you're at right now you examine your own heart I don't need to I've done my part now now my my next part of this is I want to introduce you to the man and I mean the son of man who gave me hope in the face of hopelessness his name is Jesus Christ he's the one who died for me and he died for you he's the one who shed his blood so our sins could be forgiven and forgotten, and if we do that, and we begin to uh, operate in what God's placed inside of us, and begin to live our lives, and to begin to step out and follow Him and the direction He'll have you go, and begin to walk in the plans and the purposes that He has for you, that not only will you have a blessed life—I didn't say—and it won't be—it won't be a perfect life. But you will have a blessed life in spite of anything that takes place. Anything that takes place. Your life will be blessed because that's what God said. That's the truth. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you've walked away from Jesus and you know that. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to make your life right before him. And allow him to come in and help you. Stop trying to do things on your own. You have the results of that right now. Stop living that way. Give it up. So right now with heads bowed, eyes closed. Without anybody looking around, please. I want to pray with you. And if you're ready to pray with me, I'm not going to beg you to. I've done my part. It's between you and God now. Doesn't matter who's next to you, who's in front of you, who's behind you. You know if you're not right or not. If you're ready to get your life right, this is an intentional moment. God assigned just to you to hear this. So if you need to receive Jesus, either to restore your life or to get your life right the first time, what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm just gonna ask you just to raise up your hand on the count of three and you can raise your hand up and then you can, you can put it down, okay? Real, real easy. I'm not gonna call you up. I'm not gonna have you stand. One, two. Three, just raise up your hand nice and high. Praise God. Raise up your hands. Raise up your hands. Raise up your hands. Now, you can put your hands down. Listen, if you're one of those people that's sitting back and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. It's, this is a no-fail situation, guys. Just be like Nike. Just do it. If you know you need to get your heart right, then just do it. We're for you. We're not against you and more than that God's for you and he loves you so I'm going to say I'm going to ask one more time if you didn't raise your hand earlier but you know you need to raise it I'm going to count to three one more time one two three just raise up your hand if that's you anybody that didn't thank you thank you I knew there was more thank you thank you thank you praise God you guys can uh, you can look up here, man. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. I hope everything that I said uh, blessed you, even if it was one point. Um, and if you ever need to you ever need to talk, holla. Huh? I guess I should. All right. I'm gonna pray with you guys too. I got too excited, sorry. Actually, I might need to go to the bathroom right now. I've been drinking a lot of energy drink. (laughs) Hey, I work with kids, all right? Okay, heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Say this with me. If you raise your hand, and even if you didn't raise your hand, you know if you're right or not. And for those of us who already know Jesus, it's always good to reconfess our faith to him. feels good. So say this with me. Say, Father... I believe, I believe that, Jesus that Jesus is your son. Is your son. That you send him that sent him to this planet for, for me, Father. To die for, die for my sins. To raise him from the dead. From the dead. So the, the promises could be fulfilled in my life, so the in the life and the life to come. Jesus, Jesus. I, love I love you. Thank you so much you. for who you are and what you've done for me, and what you will do through me. Jesus, thank you for the price you paid to be in your family. I love you, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.